Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I am so excited to be here today and I am so excited that you're here with us because we have a very special guest. Today we have with us Dr. Elizabeth Rogers. She is actually a doctor and was a chronic health expert, but she has turned her attention now into being a holistic health practitioner, healer, and medical intuitive, which means that she is helping people to figure out what their chronic health issues are by using both science and her intuitive medical abilities, which is amazing. And she's here today to talk to us about her journey because she experienced a near-death experience, which completely shifted her whole life and her whole world and has led her to helping others. And so I cannot wait to get started talking to her today and finding out how her journey has impacted her and how she's helping others. So thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being here with us today. You're welcome so much. I'm so honored to be here with you, Melissa, and to connect with all your beautiful listeners. Yes, I'm so excited that you're here and so thankful that you reached out to me and wanted to impart your wisdom with others because I think that your story is amazing and you have so much to share with others and I cannot wait to dive in and get started. So I would love it if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself and I'm really fascinated by your near-death experience. I have been really reading up on a lot of people who've had them, so I cannot wait to hear how your near-death experience impacted you. Well, I'm so honored to share and honored because I will. I was telling Melissa before we started recording today that, you know, my near-death experience was actually something that was really hard for me to talk about for quite a number of years afterwards because I developed PTSD and just a lot of other things, which I'll get back to as I'm sharing this story. But I am so honored to connect with you all today. My name's Elizabeth. And like Melissa was sharing with you, I actually, my career was is founded in a very traditional academic science base. So I got my PhD in being an expert in chronic health issues and being able to identify the root causes of chronic health issues. And, you know, I always thought that would just be my career. I would do a lot of research and I would help others through that research and through the very traditional clinical practice I was working in. But then I had my own near-death experience, and honestly, it was that, in addition to learning this fact, which I'll share before I tell you about my near-death experience, it was the combination of these two things that made me realize that I had to step outside of the box and do something different, because what I do know is that my purpose in this lifetime is to serve, and it's to help as many people as I possibly can. So I learned not long before my near-death experience. I was in, working in research at the medical school at the University of Pittsburgh, and I was also working on my doctorate part-time. I was in class one evening, and I learned this fact, that the Institute of Medicine here in the United States of America estimates that there is a 17-year gap between the time that a research study gets published and when it actually reaches the real-world population, which are the people it was designed to help in the first place. I will never, ever, ever forget learning this. My heart sunk into my chest. I actually remember going into the bathroom after class and crying because I couldn't believe this. And I thought, this is terrible, 17 years, you know, and we all know that medical technology and things move so fast that I thought, well, geez, by the time that much time passes, is it even going to be helpful anymore? 
And I realized in that moment that getting my PhD and being a chronic health expert was just never going to be enough for me. And then not long after that, I was getting ready for class one morning and collapsed on my bathroom floor. I had to be rushed to the hospital and was admitted for honestly, Melissa, it was just kidney stones. But I was a young woman in my 20s. They were massive kidney stones. It was a very, I was a very abnormal case. Kidney stones tend to be more common in men at a, after they reach the age of 40. So I was just this rare scenario to begin with. It kind of made no sense. So of course, being the expert I am, I was already in the hospital in the moment trying to dig into my brain and figure out like what could have started all of this. But what ended up happening in that moment was my life changed forever. I had a doctor who was a urologist who got assigned to me in the ER, who told me on a Thursday that I was gonna get surgery on Saturday and I would walk out within 72 hours, feeling like a million dollars and back to myself again. That sounded like a pretty good deal to me because I was in the worst pain of my entire life yeah. in that moment. And so I said, all right, let's do this. Except that on the day of my surgery, you know, anyone out there listening who has an intuition, which is every single one of you, by the way, if you're questioning that you're one of them, you are, we all have one. You know how you just get that gut feeling. And I just got that gut feeling on that day. And the reason is because the last thing the surgeon ever said to me, and I've actually never shared this in public in a story at all, but I feel like I need to share it with you today. The last thing the surgeon ever said to me was that I should know how lucky I am that he was going to do surgery for me on a Saturday because I was making him miss his tea time for oh golf. Gosh. <laughs> wow. And I remember thinking in that moment, I'm going to die in here. And I woke up after that surgery, 72 hours passed in the hospital, and I wasn't getting better. I was declining. 10 days later in the hospital, the surgeon would not come see me. And my family actually had to file a grievance with the hospital where I was staying just to get another physician on my case. By the time that physician got to me, I was in septic shock and I was within hours of dying. Mm -hmm. The surgeon actually made my family call anybody that needed to say goodbye to me because I was in such bad shape that he said, you know, um, it's going to be a one in a million chance if I'm going to, uh, you know, to come out of this situation alive. So I said goodbye to my family and honestly assumed on that day that that was going to be the last time I closed my eyes on this earth, on earth side anyway, except then I woke up obviously, cause I'm sitting here talking to you for, and I'm grateful for that. But honestly, Melissa, I knew in that moment that I'd survived for only one reason. And it was to fulfill my purpose to stay here to help people to make sure that nobody has to go through something like I went through ever again. And that unfortunately was the very beginning of my journey. And I will tell you in that, in my near death experience, I had a very like divine and sacred intervention. And I've never shared this before either, but my intuition is telling me to, so I'll share this quickly that before I went into my emergency surgery, you know how I think everyone can relate to this. I'm sure you can, Melissa, you know how when you're sick and you don't feel well, you just, except for like your mom or your partner, you know, you, you want, you don't really want anybody around you. You don't want people to see you like that. You know, you just want to get through it because you feel so crappy, you know? And so I was in that mode and imagine, you know, dying. And I just, I didn't want anyone to see me. I didn't want anyone looking at me. I just, you know, 
I just wanted to be left alone, to be honest. Um, I was in so much pain. But there was a woman standing about 20 feet away from me, just staring at me and staring at me. And before I knew it, she was next to my bed and they were actually on their way taking me to the operating room for my emergency surgery. And she came over to me and she just asked the transit team who was taking me to the OR, can I give her something? And they must have said yes. I couldn't see you know, anything going on above me or around yeah. me. And she didn't give me anything. I was holding and gripping my hands together actually. And, but she leaned over and she said, I just need you to know that everything's going to be okay. And I opened my hands and there was a tiny little angel pin inside of my hands. Yeah. And when I looked up to say thank you, honestly, I thought I was hallucinating because she was already gone. I had to ask the transit team, have you, did you see that? Like, was that real? Because honestly, I really did think I was just imagining things, but I, but I wasn't. So that pin went into the OR with me and got pinned on the pillow wow. that I was, that was by my side. And I honestly think that they let it go in with me because they thought, you know, this girl's dying. So she can have the angel pin if that's going to help comfort her at this, you know, stage of the game. But then I survived the surgery and that pin was next to me on my pillow in recovery when I woke up. And that should have been the end of the story. But honestly, Melissa, it was really just the beginning of my fight for my life. I spent the next six months having multiple surgeries to try to repair the damage that had been done to me so that I could live some sort of a normal life. After those surgeries, and I got through them somehow, some way, I, for the next 10 years, went on a journey that I have a feeling so many of our listeners can relate to. I developed a lot of chronic health issues. I'm talking not just physical, but mental and emotional. PTSD, anxiety, and depression were big ones I really battled with because I'd been through so much. I would have nightmares, and I just didn't know how to cope with all the trauma of what had been done to me and I was reliving it, you know, over and over again. And then beyond that, I started accumulating, you know, every digestive issue you could possibly imagine, chronic constipation, bloating. I started having hormonal imbalances, acne, migraines. I just started, I felt like I just was a walking, talking nightmare. Every health issue that could have happened to me was happening to me. I was getting sick all of the time. And so I started bouncing from doctor to doctor, thinking there's got to be a specialist somewhere, somewhere along the way here who's going to help me put the pieces of the puzzle back together because I didn't want to be put on medications and just manage things. And I did try those techniques. You know, I got put on medications for my anxiety and my depression, and they made me feel even worse, and I hated it. So I went into counseling because I just wanted to talk through my issues. I wanted to heal through my issues. I didn't want to put a band-aid on them. And all of those physical issues, especially the digestive stuff, I literally searched for years. And one doctor after another after another would say to me, we're going to put you on this medication. And I would think, but a medication is a band-aid. And then I would be told things like, well, the raw, I would ask, and then I started asking questions. Well, what do you think the root cause is of this problem? Inflammation. And I would think, well, inflammation is an effect, not a cause, right? Yeah. Something else going on in my body had to be creating the inflammation, but I couldn't get anybody to get down 
to that deep level with me. I just kept getting, well, it's inflammation or it's your hormones or it's all in your head. And I would get offered different prescription medications. And I started doing research. They probably interacted too, didn't they? And probably absolutely. Yeah. And they weren't, and they weren't necessarily making me feel better. They were just managing and suppressing some surface level symptoms. But like you just said, they were along the way creating other side effects and problems for me. So, but what I wanted, Melissa, was to live in a state of optimal health and well-being. And I was determined to find a pathway to get there, no matter what it took. So at a certain point, I realized that I was never going to get the answers I wanted inside of that traditional system. So I started seeing some um, naturopaths, Ayurvedic specialists, chiropractors, um, acupuncturists, Chinese medicine doctors. I mean, literally, you name it, and I've tried it. And I got some more answers along that way. I definitely got deeper and closer to what I considered the true root causes of my health issues. But I had that intuitive gut feeling where I would start to make some progress. You know, I'd change what I was eating. I would start taking some supplements. You know, I'd make a little bit of progress, but inevitably I kept like doing what I call like plateauing or hitting a wall where I'd make a little progress, but then it would stop. And it never lasted. And I would think, and I'd get to that point eventually where I'd realize, uh-oh, something's not right here. Something's missing here because I made a little progress, but now I'm stuck again. I'm stuck again, you know? And I kept getting stuck like that. And I kept searching. And honestly, this was a big aha moment for me. I was in the middle, and I don't mind sharing this with our listeners. I was in the midst of a very unhealthy, emotionally abusive relationship. And so I was not being supported by my partner. I hit a wall and a plateau in the middle of that relationship and realized that, you know, being an expert, I realized, Elizabeth, you have studied all of the factors that impact health and ability to heal for years. How did you not see that the relationship and the environment that you're living in have everything to do with why you can't move forward? So I kind of collapsed in the, on, the, on my bathroom floor, to be honest, and, you know, the throes of my pain, my constipation and my bloating would ha, was honestly had reached a maximum point where I just could not stand it anymore. And I was desperate for help. I had done things that had relieved it, but it was back in full force again. I definitely knew I had to get out of this relationship, but I knew that wasn't the only thing, right? Because we can't all know. I don't think it's reasonable for anyone to expect that there's just one root cause of our health issues, right? It's, it's a multifactorial thing. There's a bunch of factors going on and we have to figure out how to resolve each piece of that puzzle. So I realized in that moment, oh my gosh, how could I have ever thought I was going to get any better than I am now inside of this unhealthy relationship? But I also realized I kind of looked in the mirror that day through tears. And you know how you just have some moments where you feel like someone else is talking to you? I felt like it was like my higher self, you know, or my intuition. And I realized that I never found the practitioner I was looking for because I was supposed to become her. And I realized that, Elizabeth, if you want to help others heal, you start with you. So I got myself up off, the, up off that bathroom floor. I got myself out of that relationship and I started doing my work. I realized I have the expertise to do this. I can put the pieces of my own puzzle together. I know 
what causes at the physical level, right, toxins and pathogens. I know what create these problems. I need to put the pieces of the puzzle together myself. But because I had had that experience in the hospital before my life-saving surgery, I realized that as a scientist, if I really wanted to help people, I had to actually look at both sides. That healing isn't just a physical experience. There's an energetic, you know, if you want to call it spiritual, you can call it that, but there's an energetic, non-physical side of our healing. And that if we really want to create optimal health and well-being, we have to put both of those pieces together and address the non-physical and physical parts of our health. So that was when I started training in holistic nutrition and becoming a, I'm now a master, a certified as a master medical intuitive. I started training as a medical intuitive. I started pooling, you know, gaining those other skills to add to my really foundation, my strong foundation, you know, as a practitioner and a researcher. And it was through that experience that I got myself off of every medication I was taking. I healed every issue I was dealing with. I don't struggle with digestion or any issues like that anymore. I can't even remember the last time anymore that I had a migraine and I'm, I used to get them constantly. We're talking almost daily. I don't struggle with anxiety and depression anymore. And one by one, and of course, it was a long journey, right? It did not happen overnight, yes. but little by little, day by day, I stayed consistent and I stayed faithful and I stayed dedicated and I brought myself back to where I wanted to be. And that's what made me realize this is what's missing. People need this, you know, somebody who actually understands what they've been through but knows how to help them put the pieces of the puzzle together again and find a pathway to heal and not just manage the place that they're in because it's not all of us want to be controlled. You know, I felt like I was surviving and not thriving. And I look back at that stage of my life and I realized that I really lived every day being a hundred percent controlled by my health issues. I, before I went out in public, I was always thinking, okay, you know, um, I need to know where a bathroom's going to be. I needed to, you know, I was, my brain was already planning out how I was going to manage my symptoms mm -hmm. just so I could try to have some fun, you know, or visit with friends and family. And I was sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people out there experiencing the same thing. And I have to say, when you told the story of looking at yourself in the mirror and realizing that you were the one who had to learn how to heal yourself. You were the one who had to step forward and be that physician. I got chills. Um, Cause I love that. That's it's so necessary and so needed. There's so many people who have stories where, you know, they go to a physician and you're right. You just get prescriptions thrown at you and we don't think about the whole person no. without healing sometimes. And when you were talking about feeling, you know, constipated, immediately a light bulb went off in my head. Yeah, because you felt that way in your relationship. Exactly. I yeah. love that you made that connection. Exactly. It wasn't just physical stuff that was stuck. I was literally stuck. Yeah, it's crazy because doing Reiki, when I work with clients, sometimes I get the physical symptoms and then we'll start talking and then they'll say, 
Oh yeah, well, I just went, let's say, what in chest pain here? Well, I just went through a breakup. Okay, yeah, so your heart chakra is out of alignment, it's blocked, yeah. okay, we need to work on that. And it's so true, I do feel like, I mean, yes, we have physical symptoms that manifest, but a lot of it does come from the emotional stuff we don't deal with yeah. and our past traumas that we don't heal. Absolutely. You just gave me chills because I'm a Reiki practitioner too. And I thought, oh, I knew there was a reason. I felt so, yes. I felt so super connected to you, but you're right. Like, so you completely understand we, there is this, you know, there's a physical side to our, to our health and well-being, but there's a non-physical side. And I think that is, you know, a big part of the issue that's going on inside of our Western healthcare system, right? We have a system that's designed to manage symptoms, but not heal them yet people, because they don't know where to look elsewhere for the answers they're looking for. We keep bouncing around inside of that system, you know, doing repeating, like it's kind of the definition of insanity, right? We keep bouncing from doctor to doctor expecting to get healed when it's just not possible. And part of the reason is because the doctors are not trained to heal. I taught, I've taught in medical schools and taught to physicians and there is no training that trains people how to heal, let alone training to actually identify a person like us. And I'm sure like a lot of our listeners, I just intuitively feel like so many of the listeners are probably nodding their heads saying, yeah, that's what I've been looking for. Right. I, I mean, think about this, Melissa, have you ever in your life been to any doctor in a traditional sense, right? That has said to you, because I think this is the first question they should ask us that has said to you, Hey, Melissa, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Dr. Rogers. You know, before we even start talking today, what's your ultimate goal for your health and well-being? No one has yeah. ever asked me that in my entire life. Why is that? Because I would think now putting myself, I am a doctor, putting myself in the shoes of a very traditional practitioner because I want to help you look and feel your best. I think the first thing I need to know about you is what's your goal? Because you might say to me, well, you know, I've had all these issues and, you know, I'm really just looking for something to help, the, help me relieve this symptom. Well, then I would be able to identify you as somebody who, okay, you know, you would probably be best suited inside of this mainstream system following the traditional standard of care. But maybe you would say to me, you know, I have all these symptoms, but what I really want to do is I don't, my goal is to live, you know, prescription medication free. And I'm really interested in learning how I can take control of my health and well-being. And maybe you could talk to me about my lifestyle or what can I do? You know, I think more and more of us want to take personal responsibility, but we just need the right support to be able to do it. And then I'd I'd realize, okay, now Melissa is somebody who I should not be talking to today about which medications are best for her and what those side effects are. She's somebody that should go talk to my colleague who's like Dr. Rogers or Dr. So-and-so, right? I hope that through my career, Melissa, I can help create new training inside of our medical system and medical schools because our physicians just simply aren't trained to even be looking for people like us. And then knowing what pathway 
to send them on. And I think that is a big part of the problem. And I think the on the other side of that coin is that we as patients just need to take personal responsibility rather than relying on them. I know I used to early on, earlier on in my journey when I was telling you about bouncing from specialist to specialist inside of the mainstream system, I definitely was more in the mindset that like, they're going to heal me. You know, they're going to heal me. She or he is going to be the doctor to heal me. They are going to heal me. But I realized that no, nobody in the world has the power to heal you other than you. Nobody but me has the power to heal me other than me. The doctors, the healers, whoever you see, we're all just like Reiki practitioners. You know, when I practice Reiki, I always remind people that I'm not healing you. I'm not giving you my energy. I'm just the channel. I'm just the channel and the facilitator. You know, that's all that I am. I can't take responsibility for healing you because I don't heal you. You heal you, you know, you heal you. And I think that is one of the biggest things I think those two pieces are just really if we could address them, we could start really reinventing, you know, the way we deliver and approach healthcare. Yeah. And it's really frustrating because as you said, as a, my own personal self, I don't want to be on prescription medicine and I had high cholesterol. And so I found an alternative. I just found a vitamin that I could take. And then when I went in, they're like, yeah, your cholesterol is lower. So I wish doctors would do that more than just immediately say, well, we're going to prescribe you this. Like, how about find an alternative? Like, I don't mind taking an essential oil or a vitamin or whatever. I'd rather take that because, you know, my brother was taking a cholesterol medicine and all of a sudden he began having pain all down his arms and we, he never made the connection. He didn't know what it was. And he, his doctor said, well, we think you might have, I think they said MS at first. And then they said, no, it's carpal tunnel. They kept trying to oh, diagnose with other things. And my dad, who was a nurse said, are you on cholesterol medicine? And he said, what are you taking? And he said, that's your cholesterol medicine. Stop taking it for a little bit and see how you do. And he did, and it went away. And we just researched what he could take instead to help with it. And when he went back to the doctor, the doctor didn't realize he had stopped taking the cholesterol medicine. And he said, your cholesterol dropped by this many points. <laughs> looking good that cholesterol medicine's working and my brother said i stopped taking it i don't take that cholesterol medicine and that to me is the frustrating thing because i wish mm -hmm. that physicians would look for all, like natural alternatives first before but yes. i know that there's no money in that but let's not jump to the prescriptions exactly i to like heal this in a more holistic way Ugh. and the bad thing is we ran across this with my mom too. If we wanted to go to a holistic physician, it wasn't covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, the insurance companies do not want to pay for nope. you to go see someone who's going to give you relatively inexpensive Chinese herbs, but the appointments themselves are kind of expensive. Or a few hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. So if you could go and do that and you could actually reverse that issue that's going on and heal your health, that would be amazing. So I get very frustrated with our healthcare system as a whole. That story just speaks straight to my heart, Melissa, because I've 
just watch. I've lived that myself. And like you said, when you're talking about your brother, you just highlighted the exact problem, right? Is that rather than doctors being trained to think, okay, so he's coming back. I just put him on a medication. Like they should be able to connect the dots. And But instead of him saying, well, let's start testing you for other diagnoses, right? Because that's what doctors are trained to do. They're trained to diagnose and treat the diagnosis. So, but um, the healthcare system's making a lot of money off of all of those diagnostic tests, off of all of those visits to the doctor, off of every single prescription medication they prescribe you. And so they are a for-profit business, right? So of course that's where their th- their line of thinking goes, but what could have happened if your brother wouldn't have had you know, his family looking out for him is he could now be taking three other medications and feeling worse instead of better and going now to look for a solution to the new symptoms he's having. And then that's like that vicious cycle continues. And I think we should be training doctors because I, I believe I became a doctor. You know why? Not because I wanted to make money, but because all I want to do in the world is, is help people, is help people feel better. And this, it brings tears to my eyes, these stories, because this is just not the way it should be. This is unacceptable. It really is. At this point, we're in the year of 2022. It should not be this way. People like your brother should not be bouncing around. And then we get, you know, and then what else happens is we start getting emotional trauma because these doctors are saying, well, it might be MS or maybe it's just carpal tunnel. And then inside of our brains, we're like, oh my God, Oh my God. Is it MS? Oh my God. Now I need to go some, see a neurologist. I need, now I'm going to need a brain scan. Like what's wrong with me? Oh my gosh. And we get scared. And like you said, our, our healing and our health is also non-physical. Like we've talked about. So our body, our cells, they are listening to everything that not just we think and say, but everyone around us. And they absorb that energetic frequency And you're making me think of um, someone like your brother that was a client of mine who came to me in, now this is a woman in her 20s, late 20s, so not an older adult woman, not somebody that we would expect to be taking a lot of medications, but she went to the doctor one time and they told her she had high blood pressure. They put her on a medication that's called a beta blocker and it created this cascade effect of serious problems, including serious anxiety in her. And she came to me just desperately wanting to feel better and not be on this medication. And we step by step over the course of about six months, helped her achieve that goal. But she had to go through so much extra pain and trauma and suffering just because she was put on that medication that she never should have been put on. That doctor should have said, okay, well, you know what? Your blood pressure is high today. Have you ever had high blood pressure before? You know, well, let's talk. What about, let's talk about what you're eating, you know, or tell me what your lifestyle looks like, or, you know, do you have a lot of stress in your life? Because these to me would be the things I'd be, my wheels would be instantly turning and I'd be thinking something you know, what else can we, what else can we identify here that might be contributing to why we're seeing this high blood pressure in such a young woman today? And what, and my first line of defense would always be, what can we change that's going to have no effect on her other than helping her feel better, which maybe means we need to find some ways to help you reduce your stress. You know, maybe there's some things that you need to talk through. Maybe you had a trauma 
five years ago and that's never been resolved so we need to help you find the best person to talk to maybe you've just had a really high fat high protein diet and we need to just talk about ways we could modify that to help you feel better but those conversations aren't going on inside of those walls yeah they're not and you know you reminded me too of my sister she had um a mammogram and they saw Mm -hmm. like (laughs) a spot you know and and we're the same like we just have very dense breast tissue that just runs in the family and that's happened to me before but then they do an ultrasound and it's fine they actually did a biopsy on her oh my instead of doing an ultrasound first they did a biopsy and she now has this huge scar and i kept telling her i don't think that's a necessary procedure i don't really think you should be doing that and there was nothing they found nothing but now you know she had to pay i several hundred dollars maybe it was eight hundred dollars out of pocket you know and now she has this nice little scar there and it was unnecessary and i told her that i said why didn't they do a you know an ultrasound first exactly i don't know I yeah so you have to advocate for yourself sometimes you do you do and and that's i think the scary thing is a lot of us just we were raised as a society to just blindly trust these people so a lot of people just want to be able to go there and hear the doctor and say okay this is what i'll do next and just apply whatever suggestion that is but we really do have to be our own advocates we really have to be able to ask questions and you know one thing i've started to do when i see those kinds of doctors that my my entire family has adopted are just can you please talk with me about the most up-to-date peer-reviewed evidence that proves why you are making this suggestion is important Right, because we sh- they should be able to show us that if there is an actual research study, if there is strong evidence that shows that, well, you know, with your like with your sister, if they said, well, you know, this research study shows us that we've seen this number of patients that look similar to you, and oh, and over eighty percent of them through biopsy, it turned out that they did have a deeper problem that was that you know that warranted further investigation. So that to me, then as a patient, I would think okay, well, that makes me feel like I should absolutely have this biopsy because there is a high likelihood that there may be something that is important that they're going to find here. But to do it just to do it, you know, these, I hear these types of stories now almost on a daily basis. And you're even making, when you brought up the mammogram, you just made my heart skip a beat because something similar happened to my mother. And do you know that they actually they told they came they found something you know of concern during the mammogram came in and said you know um we're seeing something here on the mammogram that doctor is going to come in going to need to come in and talk to you and um we're going to need to send you as soon as possible for further testing and then they left my mom laying there for two hours oh my gosh because they went to lunch and forgot that she was there so do you know she laid there and to this day if she was here she would tell you this we are it's interest not a coincidence she and i were just recalling this story the other day she told me she said elizabeth i seriously laid there crying planning out my will planning out my death planning everything out because i was so sure that 
something really bad was going on because why else would they keep me laying there for two hours? I mean, you know, these are the types of things that, you know, medical errors and, and not catching things just all. And of course, in the end, like your sister, everything was fine. She just had dense tissue. There was nothing of concern, Yeah. but she went through that trauma and what, and what impact that had an effect on your sister and my mother, you know? Um, that was very negative and they didn't deserve to have to go through that. And now their health and well-being um, was negatively affected as a result. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I want to do say to that. I really appreciate all of the medical professionals. I really do. I just say it's like sure. everything, you know, it could be improved. I'm a teacher too, and I think education, our education system can be improved. Um, But I love that that you're working with people (laughs) and helping them to look holistically at everything because you're so right. A lot of our medical conditions can sometimes be resolved if we reduced our stress. Yeah. If we dealt with our emotions, because I think that the like high stress and unresolved emotions cause a lot of underlying illness because we haven't haven't handled it right we're just moving through life like okay all of these things happen to me but i can get through it i can just, yeah. just keep going and we don't stop and take a break and deal with what's actually going on and like you said nobody on the practitioner side of things is reminding us like hey you know, like, hey, Melissa, remember, you know, that's actually one of the things I went to graduate school to become as an expert at, you know, at cardiovascular health, why those issues are created. And stress was a big part of my doctoral dissertation work because it has everything to do with our health and well-being. But right now, practitioners are, are saying to us, like, you know, listen, I can give you this medication, but if your stress level is going to stay up here because we all know that has an immediate physiological effect on us, right? Our bodies then are staying in fight or flight. Our parasympathetic nervous systems are staying overactive. And it's like our sympathetic nervous system, that side of us that gets us calm and controlled. It's almost like it becomes like an atrophied muscle, you know, because we're up here all the time. And what happens when we're stuck in parasympathetic overdrive is that our adrenal glands start to overproduce adrenaline and that adrenaline because it's being overproduced actually becomes toxic and corrosive and serves as an additional food or fuel source for the chronic health issues that we're battling that we're taking the medications for to try to get rid of but no one's talking to us about that you know no one's talking to us about like let's talk about your stress like or like what's going on with you So we're not even trained to think or make the connection, you know, that that could have something to do with it. And we, we've just been raised in a society that's like, go, 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 go. So I'm so grateful you mentioned that because it's just so important and not enough people are talking about it. Absolutely. Um, self-care is so critical and most of us neglect it. And it's really important to take time out every day to do something that brings the stress level down. Because it really does have a negative effect. It really does. And let's face it, the last two years, even if you were the most calm, cool, and collected individual in the year of 2019, these last two years have been really stressful for everybody, no matter what you have gone through. 
and and no one's talking to us about like, hey, you know, why isn't there a public health official like me on TV that's saying, you know, hey, this is a really stressful time. So here are the things that you can all do at home for free to help nurture your adrenal glands because everybody's going through stress right now. So if you do these three things, that's really going to help make a difference every day as we all navigate a challenging and unprecedented time together. No one's telling us about that. Yeah. We're just being continuing to have fear instilled in us instead, which is only going to create more problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then I tell people sometimes you have to take a break from social media or from the TV. Oh, yeah. From the news, because uh, I know that people mean well, but really fear is what sells. And so they're constantly on there telling you to be on high alert. I don't know how much more high alert you can be on right now at this point. Just take a break and do something instead, like go for a walk or just sit outside and have your cup of coffee and watch for birds or the animals or flowers yeah. or something that's going to be soothing to your mind and body instead of doing the opposite, which is causing yourself to go into panic attack mode. Yeah. And like you said, you know, it's so important because we need to take care of ourselves and just taking little moments. I feel like this is my intuition is telling me to say this. So I feel like it's going to resonate with all of us is just turn all that stuff off. I'll tell you, I actually two months ago um, re came to this realization, you know, I'm, I, I have a feeling you're going to just get what I'm saying, Melissa, and so many of our listeners will that, you know, people that um, recognize that they're really highly intuitive and sensitive or empathic like me. Um, this stuff is really heavy that's going on. And is it really, you know, my intuition, I think it's so important to just tune out because I got to this point where even on social media, I, I pick up, I don't know if you're like me, Melissa, I have a feeling you are, especially because you're a Reiki practitioner. Like we feel the energy of things and people around us, right? Mm -hmm. And I certainly do. I know you do. And I'm at this place now where I actually can feel the energy even from like a social media platform. And the more I was getting onto those platforms to be able to connect with people I hope to be able to help, the more I was feeling this really just negative and toxic energy, this fear-based energy. And I have just over these past two months, especially had no choice but to just tune it out because that energy just doesn't feel good to me. And this is what I was going to say initially, which is that I feel like we'll all resonate with this is that when you turn everything off and you just give yourself a couple of minutes, even in the quiet and just like put even like put one hand over your heart and one hand over your belly and like connect with that like gut feeling which is your intuition and take a deep breath and just lean into that you start to realize that like oh there i am and you know what i'm a really powerful cosmic being that is so much bigger than everything going on right now in the world and when I think we take a moment to just connect to that and remember, like, I think about it like this. I've been actually doing this lately and teaching it to my clients just to give yourself like a, a physical exercise. So maybe some of this will help some of you. If you like put your 
put your thumb on the tip of your pinky finger and think about like that your pinky, the tip of your pinky finger, like mostly on a day-to-day -day basis, that's what we identify with the tip of our pinky finger, which is our physical being, you know, our three-dimensional self, our ego, who we think we are. I'm, I'm Elizabeth, the medical intuitive in X, Y, and Z, and I eat this, and I love the color blue, and this is who I, I identify as. Um, I'm, you know, and I identify as an intuitive and all these things, but what's beyond your pinky finger is the rest of your body. And really, it's all of that that is who you really are. But we focus so much on the tip of that pinky finger that we're like, I'm, I, that we get stuck here. And I think the media and all those things help keep us stuck and attached so much to that three-dimensional world. But we're something so much more than that. And we're something so much bigger than that and so much more powerful. Yeah. And I think when we, when we get too stuck, staying connected to those other things and the noise of it all, because it's so loud, right? Gosh, yeah, I feel like it, it just is. gets louder and louder. It drowns out your intuition and your ability to remember like, oh, I'm, I'm not just Melissa. I'm not just Elizabeth. Like I am this freaking amazingly powerful being that's so much bigger than this body I'm sitting in. But when we stay stuck to that other, that other stuff, it's so easy to forget that, right? It's so easy yeah. to forget just how powerful we really are. And that honestly, every single one of us and every single one of you listening has the power to create lives that are powerful, healthy, and free. We all have that power. And nobody in the world can take that away from us because we were born with that. We were born that. We were born this powerful, but... All that stuff, I just feel like clouds our ability to just remember that, you know? Yeah, I love that. Chills again. I love it. Yes, <laughs> you're very powerful and can create anything. Now, before we started recording the podcast, I was talking to Elizabeth and I was telling her that I normally pull cards sometimes for people whenever um, I'm just doing a podcast on my own, but I kind of gotten away from that with guests because I think... Mostly, I just didn't want guests to feel uncomfortable if they're not used to pulling cards or whatever, but it's kind of silly. So I thought that I would pull a couple of cards and we will um, make this for the collective message. And if they come it. out and resonate, then that is wonderful, too. So I'm just going to pull a couple of cards from the Angels of Abundance deck by Dorian. Oh, my gosh. I love Dorian and I love this. And I just love that you said that because I always tell clients to, especially if I'm working with a group, like if you if you know, if someone receives a message and you feel like it's for you, that's because it is for you, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're not going to believe what just came out. Oh, no. <laughs> but do the work came out. And we've just been talking about this the whole episode that you have to actually work on yourself and do the work. But the card message itself is it's not enough to dream or pray. You've also got to take the positive action steps that you are being divinely guided to take. Consistently working on your priorities will make them flourish like a flower in the garden. I love that. And I think that's Ugh. true with your health too. If it you're experiencing so any health issues right now, this is telling you, you've got to do the work. So don't sit there and feel frustrated and feel poorly. Instead, and this is a suggestion that I make, start working on the emotional and the energetic first. Yeah. 
and then see where that goes because a lot of the physical stuff is related to the emotional and the energetic. It's so true, Melissa. And just to add to that one thing, my my medical intuitive mentor and teacher who is phenomenal, she often says this and I've heard others say it too, that everything starts in the energetic before it's physical. So I love that you said like, start with that because yeah. that is where everything starts. It is, it is so true. And the next one, I love this so much, is windfall of abundance. So if anyone is out there feeling like you're in lack right now, know that that doesn't have to be the case because an increase in abundance is arriving in many different forms, some of them unexpected. So be open to receiving and know that this abundance comes to you to support your life purpose, health, and charitable work. Wow. My word of 2022 is receive. I love that. My guides gave it to me and I thought, oh, that feels scary for me to allow myself to receive. So I love that card. Oh my gosh, that speaks straight to my soul. And I think so many people are reluctant to receive because we always feel like we need to give. It's better to give than to receive. Absolutely. Sometimes when we receive, we're actually allowing others to fulfill their purpose in life by giving. So be open to receiving what comes in. Yeah. I love that. So this has been such an amazing conversation. Oh, Melissa, I've loved this. Yes. So if there are people out there listening who want to follow you or work with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So great ways to connect with me. If you want to just get connected and more familiar with my work, you could head to my website, which is drelizabethrogers.com. And I spell Rogers the non-traditional way. So it's with a D and a G. Um, Right now, um, I have an amazing program where I guide and health, I coach women one-on-one to reclaim their health and their optimal health and well-being. So you can sign up for a discovery call either that way. And of course, I'm on Instagram at Dr. Elizabeth Rogers. I'm on Truth Social at Dr. Elizabeth. So you can find me those ways too. And I've got a lot of really exciting things coming later this year. So I'll be excited for all of you to just stay connected. And um, if you sign up for my email list, you'll be getting lots of little updates and tips different ways to support yourself on your health and well-being journey. And um, you'll get inside info whenever some of the big surprises coming later this year are on their way. Awesome. And we'll have all of those links in the show notes. So you can go and click directly there in order to get to her website. Thank you again so much for being here with us today. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And of course, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with others. I hope that you guys are having a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.